0: I'm Goddess Coco, and you're listening to MassoCast. This podcast is for adults only. So if you're under 18, please turn the dial. Hi again. Uh, as I record this, I'm just... Uh, it is early, early Sunday morning, and uh, in the middle of Hurricane Irene. It is uh, Sunday the 28th, and uh, so far, so good. It's been, uh, you know, some pretty heavy winds, but other than that... Uh, uh, yeah, sod and I, we stocked up on all our emergency rations, extra water... Uh, food uh, And lube So we're, we should be good, no matter what um, But I've got a lot of time to kill And uh, so I thought I'd put out another episode uh, Months and months and months and months and months ago uh, We were at uh, Momentum Con in DC Which is a sex positive uh, Fest of sex positivity I guess And uh, while we were there I was part of a sex podcasting panel i guess you could say uh someone who was in the crowd was uh, sex nerd Sandra, and uh, um we ended up uh, emailing back and forth a little bit tweeting and she actually started her own podcast and she was in new york and i thought wouldn't it be great if she came on the podcast and that's exactly what she did um you can actually find her podcast uh by going to itunes and just type in sex nerd Sandra, and i highly highly suggest you download it it's, it's a lot of fun as you as you'll be able to hear with my conversation with uh Sex Educator Sex Nerd Sandra So here's that conversation How did you But how do you start Becoming a sex educator How does oh, that Oh
1: you know It's this country This country And their sex Attitudes Honestly There's really no, Not one clear path I get emailed Quite often From people who Dream of being A sex educator Who want to do That sort of work uh, Who want to educate People about sex But it's Sexuality is this Huge Sort of Giant bubble of information, and it's like a giant thing of clay, and you just kind of poke it how you want. And I'm, I'm, specifically just very casual, and I just like sharing information that I know with people. And so I've always done that from when I was about nine, when I started knowing about how babies were made biologically, anatomically, like there are no storks involved in my story. Um, I was telling my friends. Uh, and I remember spending hours and hours in my preteens at Barnes and Noble just reading about it. Wow. So before I was even sexual.
0: Right. Yeah. So it, it was just like, Oh wow, this is really interesting. How does this
1: Yeah. So I don't have any I'm not licensed in any way, but I don't claim to be also, mm. and I'm not a therapist, I and mean, that's a much deeper level of work with individually, and you just do it. It's one of those things where it's like, how do you, how do you write a novel? It's like, you just do it.
0: So, but for you, it's like, you knew certain things, and you've been talking to your friends about, hey, that's look, this is how this happens, mm-hmm. and... People just came to you because you read up a lot about it, or...
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, at parties and, and whatnot, and I worked in TV and film for a couple years, and I, I studied anthropology, and I studied all these different things, but at some point, I just realized I just need to go into sex education. So, I'm very pleasure-focused. I went to Babeland, started working, and I, I just... It's like you know. It's like you know. Right.
0: And, and it uh, Babeland's a very relaxed atmosphere, too. Mm-hmm. It's very different than the... You know, I'm thinking of like the CD sex toy shops in on you know Times Square or something like that. Completely. Right. And so you found that showing people and telling people about different things were you really you really enjoyed that.
1: It was so natural. It's it's like a fish in water. You you just you can't even imagine yourself doing anything else. It's almost like Mozart and the piano. You just you just I mean that's a really jackass thing to say it completely but it feels that very natural sure. so after that I I then I went back into TV and film for a bit because Los Angeles couldn't handle Babeland and then I really go, yeah no it, it folded but they're doing wonderfully in other cities but for some reason Los Angeles couldn't
0: handle and here LA I imagine is being this I've never been but I imagine it being this liberal open-minded place
1: People think that, and it is to a certain degree. I mean, more so I think the you have more liberally-minded people, but you get tons... I mean, so many people want to be actors, writers, screenwriters, whatever, and they're moving from very conservative areas of the country because they're drawn to L.A. for that industry, but they're bringing their conservative ideals with them.
0: And also, I suppose, if you are sex-positive and open, you just go to San Francisco. Why fuck around, right?
1: Exactly. I, I definitely fantasize about moving to San Francisco. Uh, and just rolling around in that joy.
0: Every most of the like the really famous sex educators that I know, or not just sex educators, people who teach rope bondage or all that stuff. Not all of them, but they're either from New York or San Francisco. It seems like, um, and I just imagine San Francisco is just one giant city filled with sex educators trying to teach each other things, but they're you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I already heard that. You know, there's no there's no one in San Francisco who doesn't know anything about sex anymore.
1: I, I've definitely heard that the, the social, um, it's, it's a hotbed of creativity and sex education, but yeah, I, I don't feel like I could, I, I could make a million awesome friends if I moved to San Francisco, but I don't know, I think I'm doing a lot of great work in LA, um, as are all the sex educators in Los Angeles. There aren't as many of us, but.
0: So, Babyland caved, Mm -hmm. shut down, Mm -hmm. and... What did you do after that? I mean,
1: I mean, I was working for a game show. I was living my life, you know, yeah. eating cereal, going out, doing my thing. And then I went on this, like, sort of just walkabout around the U.S. And I was thinking, what do I want to do with my life? Because I'm not that happy trying to be a producer of I don't even what why am I who I was just born in LA and I was like I need a job and I realized I need to be a sex therapist or sex educator and sex educator that term is just one term I mean some people call themselves life coaches or are sexual wellness uh, counselors or you can call yourself so many things and sex educator just is what clicks with most people
0: and it's it's Kind of explains it a little bit more yeah. than if you said sexual well-being enhancement right. coordinator.
1: <laughs> I coordinate your, your co- sexual well-being. Your
0: sexual co- pleasure <laughs> or whatever. Um, and do, so how do you just start teaching classes? You just say, hey, everybody, I'm going to teach about the vulva tomorrow. Come on over. <laughs>
1: I mean, Here we go. Um, the Pleasure Chest, where I work now, mm-hmm. they're fabulous. They offer uh, free classes every week to the community and i was the minute i got hired i'm like i want to do this i want to do this and of course i want i was terrified the first time i did it um but it's really about taking initiative and just saying i want to do this let me do this here's my outline um we we do a mentorship type thing where we pair off with more experienced person and Mm -hmm. i just did it and i did it and i did it, i did did some more and then i could teach on my own and and what was
0: your first class you taught Anal 101. Wow. Yeah. You're not messing around.
1: Not at all. No, I'm I'm big on educating about that. I you
0: were going to say, I'm big on anal.
1: I'm big on anal. <laughs> Ass master, this one.
0: <laughs> no, but why did you des- decide anal is the one that's going to be...
1: Oh, I mean, it could have been a lot of things. That was the class that came up. Okay. Um, but I also jumped on board. I mean, for instance, I have I was offered to teach a, a bend-over buddy workshop, which is pegging, um, penetrating with strap-ons anally. And I, I can't teach that class because I don't do that. And I'd prefer not to teach something that I don't know oh, okay. about
0: on a personal level. That makes sense.
1: So, but anal 101, I mean, I know about that on a personal level. Um,
0: also, I suppose it helps too if... You know, they always say when you talk about kink, if you come out to your friends that you're kinky or something like that, it's very important not to act like it's a big deal. It's very important not right. to act. And the same thing probably goes for sex education, that hmm. if you make it sound like, okay, before you do anything anally, <laughs> just a, huge warnings, this is going to really hurt. You know, if you do this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it worse for them too, right?
1: Right. You got to just be real low key and, and treat it as, as natural. Honestly, people are going to stick things in their butts. You, no matter what you do or say right. or what religion you try and enforce, it's it doesn't matter who you are. People, human beings, Homo sapien, like they like to stick things in their butts. Sure. Other people That's um, what they, that's
0: what aliens when they come down that funny us. <laughs> yeah. When aliens come in, they just assume we all like that. Right. Right. Those, aliens, Those crazy aliens watching us. Uh
1: yeah, so there I was teaching eight oh one oh one and it's it's a fun honestly talking to people about Ass pleasure is just... I mean, I try and be really compassionate and understanding, but inside I'm just giggling because they, like, everyone looks so scared. They're mm-hmm. so scared-looking. And I know that many people have had terrible experiences, but it's just... It's
0: it's fun. It is. But uh, do you find that uh, when it comes to anal play or anything, anything anal, when you're teaching a class, is it almost always geared towards the women, or are there guys there no, too? No,
1: we try and keep it really... Gender neutral. Gender neutral because you never know who you're talking to. I mean, whether it's a BDSM class or an anal class or whatever. I mean, when a male and female couple come in and the female seems like the dominant, it often turns out that she's the sub, but just before they go home and play, she's being the more, you know, talkative, controlling, whatever. Uh, so it's, you never know. So you never know who the bottom is.
0: Well, plus, I, I, I've, I've known women who identified as submissive, but were definitely, you wouldn't know even by watching them play. They're like, okay, first you're going to spank me. Then you're going to do <laughs> yeah. in the butt. And then you're not going to go fast. No, <laughs> don't come right away. Don't you dare, you know. And then you're going you're gonna to spank me really hard. And if you don't, there's going to be trouble. You know that. I know a lot of... I guess you could call them doomy subs or something like that. Doomy
1: subs. I like that. I've heard like fussy subs or boss, bossy bottoms.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Top of from the bottom. Yeah. Well, there's... Uh, you know, there are many different types of submissive females that I've met.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got quite a few friends who are submissive females. And uh, that almost sounds like, I have black friends. <laughs>
1: uh, I,
0: no, I have female submissive <laughs> friends. Hey, listen, I live in East Harlem. You know I have submissive female friends. And... Um, And it it does run the gambit. There are some who definitely, you know, Mm -hmm. this is how I want it done. This is how you're going to do it. Because Mm -hmm. they have sort of the pick of the litter, right? They can Mm -hmm. still, they can find pretty much anything.
1: And the fantasy can be very particular sometimes. Right. To to get out of certain, like, negative triggers, emotional triggers, you kind of have to be like, I need it like this. Yeah. Frowny face only. No smiling. Right, right. (laughs) Whatever it is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so anal uh, was my first class, and it was awesome. Except for the part where I was secretly wanting to throw up because I was so nervous.
0: Really? I was so nervous. And you didn't throw up though. No, no vomiting. That's good. Yeah, I know. The first time
1: I do anything, I generally get really nervous when it comes to public speaking. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I
0: think that's very common for everyone, Especially if you don't know... I mean, it it helps if you know someone in the audience or something like that. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of direct everything towards them.
1: Actually, I don't know. But if I have friends in the audience and I'm really nervous, it makes me more nervous. Really? Because then they can tell me about how, how awkward I was yeah. afterward. Yeah. And they know me and they see into my soul. It's sort of like you know, if someone partakes in the marijuana right. and then they feel like everyone can see into their soul or something. It's like
0: that. Well, I would say for me, if there's someone in the audience, I'll just play towards them mm-hmm. because I know what makes them laugh anyway. So I think, listen, I'm gonna have to, they're the people who I'm going to have to put up with later. As long as I made them laugh, in their mind, it went well. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just me. Staying stay on the anal topic.
1: <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep, keep right. it anal.
0: I've noticed there's a huge difference. There's still a big... Well, there's a reaction if you say female anal. Almost everyone's like, ooh, hey, sexy. But you say male anal, unless you're gay. If you're, like, straight and if there's mm-hmm. male anal involved, there's like, oh, God. You know, there's, mm-hmm. it's still, there's still this... Uh, dark cloud right like, they don't, like,
1: like i don't understand I and mean, right. there's so many myths about anal penetration and how it's a gendered activity uh which if someone just takes a moment and thinks about it, it doesn't make any sense like it doesn't like on just a basic everyone's got a butthole if i put my finger in a male butthole versus a female butthole wow what like well, there's, no there's
0: dif- also like the, the, the one gender. It's usually, usually the receiver, right?
1: And, and their a... attitudes about it, like there are roles. People, you stay in your roles. Lady, you're a receiver. Bend over, right. guy. You get up in there. And yeah, it's it's definitely there. There's lots of lots of layers to it. I just kind of put. I just sort of smack it in the face and push it down and be like, look, an ass is an ass is an ass. Let's do this thing. You got a prostate. You got a G spot. It all feels good. There's nerve endings. There's it's good.
0: And what's also surprising is even today, when we have internet, we have so much information out there, people are still, they still don't know and understand a lot of things about, like, when people find out that there's such thing as prostate orgasms, Mm -hmm. you know, that are completely separate of the penis, there have been several times when, like, we've been at a kink party or something like that, and, like, the subject of pegging comes up or Mm -hmm. something like that, Mm -hmm. and uh, they'll usually talk to... You know, when Saad is talking about it, she's very like, "Yeah, I can make I can make a guy come, have multiple orgasms oh, just through so prostate awesome. orgasm, right?" And they're like, "What?" There are people they don't know that this is mm-hmm. even possible, and I think it's just because uh, people really shy away from reading about that. It's not really.
1: It's not. They don't talk to you about that in ninth grade. You know, when they talk no, about the condoms, they're yeah. like, that's true. "Yeah, they don't really don't." So it's it's kind of like. Whatever, on on game shows in the olden days where they put the the puck at the top and it goes click 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 and you never know where it's gonna land you know click 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 goes over to the left like no right go right oh I want the no car <laughs> no I mean I'm trying to think of what and that's, I think that
0: was the, uh, I think the price Fortune r- I don't know it's like, what was the it price is Right the price had is that mess. yeah
1: it's, yeah but it's so um so people let's say thirty by the time you're thirty you never know some people might have some really odd they might think that anal sex uh, will make you incontinent, that you can't hold in your poop. Yeah, not true, right. unless you're like repeatedly prison raped with a giant s- s- cone of well, some sort. Truck yeah, or yeah, it's like, um, like if you do it gently and, and thoughtfully and consci- conscientiously, um, there shouldn't be any harm involved and, and no pain. So it's 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 just interesting. Some people might think that it makes you gay um, because wherever they're Click 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 puck landed. Yeah. They heard something ten years ago about it, and then, uh, and a story that wasn't true about you know. And if somebody was penetrated anally, like, a man, and then was like, oh yeah, I'm gay. Well, then he was gay.
0: Right. Oh, bye or something. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's still a lot of misconception about. Uh...
1: Right. If a if a gentleman enjoys any sort of receiving of of penetration of any sort, it just seems like oh well kind of sissy boy a little bit right. yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know and somehow that means that you like the cock right. man cock
0: specifically or, or there, there's, like, oh, uh, there's some sort of feminization or right. Like that, right there
1: is I mean I would say in the yin and the yang I mean yeah I would say that receiving is more of a yang, uh, yin activity in that you are receiving but that has nothing to do with who you're oriented to sexually right. uh, it's just I mean it's, it's a different sense I mean it feels good <laughs> it does I want to know so much about this because not Ask many. Away. Whatever. Uh, for instance, like if you're on your—I mean, it sounds like you might be on your back and then, like, knees up. Right. and She's on top. That type of position. Is she? Is it just an in-out, or is it kind of a grinding? Are you using a curved toy toward the prostate?
0: Well, there's different. Uh, she's done it different ways, and like, mm-hmm. and, and d- depending on like what she's using and the speed and intensity, well, it's just like um, you know how you can have like tiny orgasms or you can yeah, have yeah, really yeah, big yeah, orgasms. Definitely. Well, like, if she uses, like, uh, there's like a toy that kind of curves up, very much like if you're going to try to make a woman have a G spot or a guy's mm-hmm. in it, uh, it's exactly the same mm-hmm. thing. And, like, there's, like, one toy we found in particular that has, like, this little tiny egg at the end, but it's mm-hmm. very thin. Slimline? I like don't know. I can't remember. Like
1: a stick and a curved
0: Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like that. Well, no, it's, it's not the curved stick. It's, like, an egg at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a uh, straight stick and then an egg that's tilted like this. Yes. Because yes, we have the
0: other one that's like a stick. Is it this big or, yes. or is it like that big? No, it's big. bigger. Oh,
1: okay. Like, so it's bigger, like th- two and a half inches. Or, we uh, have to get a new one. Fingers crossed.
0: one but anyway. Um, but yeah, so like usually like, if I'm on my back,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then she'll, she'll like if she's using the, that toy, mm-hmm. then I'll usually have much bigger prostate orgasms, mm-hmm. right? Um or sometimes, uh, you know, I'll be on my stomach or in doggy style position, you know, then she's doing mm-hmm. it. And, but if she's using like her, her strap-on, if she's using a dildo, there's one mm-hmm. usually, there's one p- specific one she usually uses. I can still have them, but they're a little bit smaller mm-hmm. and it depends on what she's doing and... Um,
1: smaller than the the, the egg toy. Right.
0: But sometimes, and this is the thing that totally blew my fuck up Because I'd never had a prostate orgasm until she and I, uh-huh. you know, we, I had experienced anal play, mm-hmm. but I'd never had that, is that it's possible to have... Like I said there's it's a difference from like a, a orgasm with a penis right, right? the prostate orgasm is completely cuz I can be soft mm-hmm. or hard you know and have a prostate orgasm but to experience a prostate orgasm mm-hmm. at the same time as a penile orgasm mm-hmm. it's like your it's like one part of your brain is imploding and the other side is exploding and it's yeah. like, it's very weird and I only found this out like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. I'm like how, why the fuck? I wasted so many years of my <laughs> life not knowing why isn't this out there somewhere? <laughs> need you know to catch
1: up right. Uh, yeah. no, I wish I've had more partners that w- wanted. Because I believe me, I want to get up in the prostate's business. I want to like check it out. I want like, to see what's up. Yeah, I want to know and be prostate. What's wield, up? I want to wield the power of the prostate. And I just I haven't had a partner that's been willing to let me really get up in there. Right. Ah, oh, so this is my L.A. street street slang. Just right. So you know, coming sure. at you, New York City. Um. But yeah, I uh, someday I will wield it well yeah anal plate in general i don't partake necessarily that option right. often as a receiver of anal penetration but yeah it, the moon has to be right i had uh, enough fiber this last week i uh, i just anally douched for the first time actually a few oh, really? weeks ago because C- usually i'll just sort of wait until I, I feel like okay everything's aligned i feel good i'm not freaked out right and then I, I feel confident that, okay, it is time. It is time for the fucking right. now. And then my partner's like, yes, here's my penis. Let's do That's this. Right. Um, but yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. I need to just douche this.
0: And I, I didn't even know, until, you know, because Saad has a lot of experience with this, that there are several ways, you know, you can do just, there's this like this, what's called a kind of a dry enema. You can use just a lube thing that injects and then the lube softens it up and then you go to the bathroom. There's oh, I didn't different... know
1: you could use it like that. That makes total sense. Do you use water-based or silicone?
0: I use I use wet, at least that's what... And wet
1: water. silicone?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, okay, because
0: it's got water-based too. Right.
1: Ah, oh, that's so interesting. I just found out, well, not just, but um, there was this study with, I don't know, five or so mainstream lubes, uh, most of them water-based, including, I believe, KY and the water-based wet, I think. And then they studied silicone, and there may have been an oil, but they noticed that your anal lining can get, um, inflamed or, or more, um... Sensitive? It can become not happy. Right. And, and this was kind of unrelated in terms of STI and, and HIV transmission. But it's such a simple concept, um, I guess osmosis, is it osmosis? Where, uh... You know, if you've got a lot of salt in one thing of water and then no salt in the other, the water wants to even everything out. So if you've got uh, a water-based lube, whatever the salt content is in that lube, it will actually throw things off and will weaken your anal lining. Um, oh, wow. Because the water in your mu- mucous membrane and in the lube will want to even itself out. I had no idea. So...
0: That makes a lot of sense.
1: Silicone was completely neutral. Right. Uh, I... It was a small study and I wish they had... Studied more because I think there are lots of wonderful water based lubes on the market. Maybe like an anally uh pH uh, saline saline because it's saline saline balanced anal lube. I mean, that would be beautiful. But Organic
0: anyway. saline based anal lube, uh, locally grown.
1: A, <laughs> fair trade, fair trade, uh, free range,
0: <laughs> free range lube. Um, but no, but like, I like we have it down to a system now. Mm-hmm. With I can't believe, it's like, hey, come on over, we'll talk about anal douching.
1: The entire experience was kind of, uh, not humiliating, it was, um, it made me humble. Right. (laughs) It made me humble about my life, about where I was. (laughs) I don't care how much you know about sex until you give yourself a bulb. Uh, warm water douche yeah. you don't know yourself. Um, but yeah, there's like for me, I had to bend over and then there was this little squeezing. and then halfway through the squeeze my like weak feminine hands like let go. and then I'm thinking, like the water went out, the water came in. Ooh, weird. <laughs> and then I like squeezed all the way and then um and then I didn't because they say, wait until you feel the need to go. And I'm like, I, I got things to do. I've got a I, I've got an ass boning in forty five minutes. I mean,
0: so you held you held it in. For a long time?
1: No, well, I've just, I've always read and, and heard from other educators. You're supposed to put put the warm water in and then kind of be like, hey, how's it going? You know, maybe send an email until right. you feel the urge to let it out. That that helpful information from other educators is not. I I reject that. I am right. sitting down now. Right. right. Uh, and then I just immediately did another one, so, and it was okay. It was kind of weird. I mean, weird in that it, it's a new experience.
0: We've hmm. talked about anal a lot longer than yeah. that. It's,
1: it's... But it, there's a lot to say. A lot to say I, about and it it's uh, it's a whole thing. Right. I can, yeah.
0: So what have you expanded on since then? What other classes have you have you after oh, anal? You like after
1: anal? Oh, now? that's all I that's all I do now. Right. I just I was broken after that. No, I uh, I mean first of all, blowjobs, oral sex on man bits, total just obsession in this culture. So people, you throw a free blowjob class at a store and like a hundred people show up.
0: What's the ratio of men to women? Mostly women. Mostly women. In
1: general, in classes, more females tend to show up than males.
0: I or, want to touch Because guys will feel s- creepy, or they're or they're just not interested in giving blowjobs to men. We or,
1: get calls from guys who are concerned. Like, is it okay if I show up alone? Like, right. is that okay? Like, totally self aware that how it may be, um, be perceived. Um, but everyone that shows up is so sweet. I mean, you know, maybe once in a while there might be some weird dude, but You'd honestly,
0: think it'd be a little more creepy because if you're a guy and you want to find someone to give you a blowjob. Mm-hmm. the greatest likelihood of you finding someone who's inter- or interested in giving blowjobs would be someone who shows up at a blowjob class.
1: Right, like hanging out in the maternity ward, because, you know, they give out, or put out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, those, they don't like condoms. <laughs> I like the bareback crew mm. over there in the maternity.
1: <laughs> but the, it's mostly women. Uh, a lot of... I don't like to stereotype, because, honestly, everyone is so different. But in general, men tend to feel like they are supposed to already know everything. And even showing up to a class is uh, sort of looked at or they feel like people are looking at them like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. Ha, ha. Looking at, you know, like it's almost embarrassing when really when guys show up, you're like, you're awesome. Awesome. Yes. Um, but then I, you can't point them out because then they feel self-conscious. Hey,
0: yeah. you. You're awesome. Hey, you. Like, yeah, that one. Oh, okay. What do you teach in a job class that would be, that people would be like, oh, wow, I had no idea.
1: Well, some people, I used, to, like, I used to go to a lot of blowjob classes, not because I felt desperate to learn something, but because I wanted to make sure that I was covering my bases. So there are a lot of people that know tons and are skilled lovers, but they just want to make sure that they're well-rounded. Right. Uh, so what do I teach? Um, I mean, there are lots of people who show up who really are have had anxiety over the act. Um, same for the other classes, uh, cunnilingus. Um, a lot of people come to cunnilingus that are female bodied and they just want to know how to explain what they want because mm-hmm. they have no language right. to explain what they what they might like. Um so in a blowjob class, I mean, you cover handjob techniques, uh mouth techniques. Um but also just um a lot of it's just setting a good example and a positive attitude. A lot of it's just um a good point of view.
0: Um yeah, I, I there's, there's is does your class also cover like receiving, being the receiver? Because that's a whole that I, that's a whole trick in and of itself. I took it took me a long time before I could actually enjoy blowjobs because I felt oh, really? so guilty. Right, I was like, you really don't have to do that. I'd rather do stuff for you or whatever. Whatever. I felt really guilty, and I also felt like they, you know, I didn't want to feel like they felt obligated mm-hmm. to do it or anything like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I would say that people in general, a lot of people struggle with receiving pleasure, mm-hmm. just having pleasure given to them. Right. They feel like they must be the active giver or else um, their partner is not is not enjoying themselves. I mean, sometimes the most beautiful thing you can do is just let someone else give you pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to really learn that for myself, too. Yeah. Well. But yeah, I don't... I would say that I talk about that more in the um, cunnilingus classes, um, but I should Probably mentioned that there's there's this book called Urban Tantra. Urban Tantra. Yeah, Urban Tantra. Actually, by written by Barbara. I think her last name is pronounced
0: Karellis. Yeah, yeah, sure. And
1: she lives actually in New York City, I think.
0: And I I know I've met her. She's okay. She's awesome. I've never I've never read anything about. I mean,
1: there's about a page and a half in the beginning of the book about giving and receiving and sort of the energy flow between the two people, and it's actually wonderful. So, Urban Tantra near the beginning of the book. Look it up in the index. Giving and receiving. It's great.
0: Um, so, uh, do you think women have a, uh, when it comes to your cunnilingus class, do you think women have more of a, I don't know, hinky feeling about it or whatever? You know, when I was, when I was dating, I found that it was really surprising how many women were uncomfortable with receiving oral sex.
1: Oh, yeah. It's such, it's such a mindfuck. Receiving oral sex as a female is, well, first of all, you hear tuna fish jokes since you're, since you're five.
0: Right. right? Right? And
1: so you just feel like you're somehow not pleasant right. down there. I mean, then you you got people uh, it, so it's 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 a cleanliness thing. It's it's then you've got a lot of juices flowing down there. I mean, sometimes I'm really tangy. You no, know? I just say it's my sass, sure. you know. And you just got to embrace that you know, sometimes you're not going to taste completely neutral. But so it's a taste thing, but then it's also a hard time receiving pleasure cuz I'm supposed to be the giver of blowjobs. Like that's my uh, that's my path in society
0: well also because cuddling is definitely it's a two person sport if there ever was <laughs> yeah. one. The other per- because there are so many varied types of yes. things you can do down there yeah. some people just can't stand it if the clitoris is sucked on some people are you know if it's not sucked on there's no way they're going to come And all mm-hmm. that. so that way there's so much you know there's so much communication that needs to happen mm-hmm. in it because uh,
1: it really is and people people I always talk about people people um, they we have a hard time communicating yeah. in the bedroom in general because we don't, aren't taught how to do it right people aren't taught how to communicate in life in a lot yeah, of ways sure, yeah. um so and then sometimes if i mean part of the hard part about just being a female bud person receiving oral sex is sometimes it's just like the person going down on me isn't is it naturally honing in on what's good for me and doesn't get it? And I have no idea how to explain to that person how right. to do it better, so let's just not do this. And some
0: people, if you correct them, they really get self-conscious about it, right? Yeah,
1: and then it's an ego thing. It's like, yeah. oh, I just want my partner to feel good about himself right. or themselves because it can be Which is why some people,
0: I've, I've, I know people who've been in relationships and, uh, you know, for months and months, and the female was just faking it because... Oh, completely. Because, yeah. And not because she just didn't want her partner to feel bad about it, Right.
1: Faking your pleasure does no one. F- it, it causes world hunger and deforestation. Like, do not fake your pleasure, my God. Uh,
0: You're making baby Jesus cry. <laughs> yeah. When you fake your
1: Angels weep.
0: Right. <laughs> do you mind if we talk about your your orgies you went to? We don't have to get detailed or anything like that. I
1: can't. But... Yeah, I can talk about my observations, but I can't reveal anybody's. Uh, no, 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 no. That's yeah. Fun. I'm but really big on anonymity for people. Of course. No, absolutely.
0: I've gone to a few orgies here in New York. Okay. And um, they were definitely not what I was expecting. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I walked in, I remember thinking, like, as soon as I walked in, I felt like an asshole because I had been asking, hey, can I come to your orgy sometime? And then someone said, yeah, finally. They said, yeah, come on over. And I, I show up. And I, as soon as I walk in the I'm like, holy shit, I don't want to fuck anybody here. This is oh. I felt like an asshole, right? So there's kind of like, Doop, do, do. And then I'm the guy at the orgy who doesn't want to have... I was like, oh, you know i got to get going. I was there for like a half hour or something oh, like that, right? No. So I was like, I felt like such an asshole for asking to come to the orgy. And then, you know, it's kind of an insult if you're the only person not having sex, right? Unless you're there specifically to observe. Uh-huh.
1: I just realized the first time I actually went to... A long time ago, I had a partner. And we went to a swinger party. Uh, I found online because I just needed to, I needed to do this thing. And then we showed up. And yes, there was absolutely no one there that I would want to put my fist in. You know, like there's just no one um, that, and that they wanted to particularly get involved in really. Um, And there were lots of observers and it was kind of a creepy play. It was just a weird thing. It was kind of weird. It wasn't
0: eyes wide shut. It was more like.
1: (laughs) It was was, eyes wide open. Awkward. Um, so that experience made me realize I need to be better at negotiating um, my needs and 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 being more verbally verbal about what I'm okay with doing. i not that I was coerced in anything, but I just didn't I didn't have the communication skills to really handle that type of environment. There's just so much going on. That was years ago, um, and I don't think of that as an orgy. I just think of that as awkward. <laughs> right. So um, recently, I. Was hanging out at a sex-positive event, and someone invited me to go to a hotel room upstairs because there was going to be group sex going on. And I, and in my relationship, I'm, I'm that's not part of our um, boundaries. Right. So I said, I, I can't actually be involved in that. They said, well, are you okay to watch? I said, well, yes, I can watch. They said, okay, come on up. So I felt safe in that I had already negotiated that. So then I walk in, and there's nothing happening. Everyone's asleep. And then so we go to another room and then things start totally happening and it's all uh, females um, and it was fascinating and everyone knew that I couldn't participate but then I was only watching and I felt a little creepy at first doing that but everyone seemed really positive about it so probably
0: people got off on the fact that you were
1: right there was there was that but also I just I knew to like smile at people and if someone laughed because people would make jokes I would laugh like I was involved emotionally in the experience sure so, um, I've never
0: heard that phrase in, used in conjunction with an orgy, but that's really... Yeah. I was involved emotionally in the orgy. Yeah. So what about the... You said you went to also more, more of a hebrew one. Yeah. Was there anything that kind of stood out there?
1: Uh, that one was associated with more of a ritual at the beginning, sort of for everyone to bond. Um, and everyone was so friendly. A lot of people already knew each other. Um, so was there a lot... What was the question again?
0: Oh, what was the difference? Did you notice any difference between the two? Oh.
1: Actually the all female one was a lot more like, We're all friends and we just want a bone and, and people paired off pretty fast and was just going at it and there was just a lot of just energetic sex play. It was everyone was so excited to be there and right. and you know, like, we're all friends from different cities and we're just gonna do this thing and you know, you're hot and look at that ass and um and then the hetero-focused one. There was just a. It was a larger room, and everyone was just really touchy-feely. And but people would pair off. And I wish that I had more of a state of mind where I could have just sat and watched and see how people would pair off. Right. Because I would see a female with another female. They'd be one would be going down on the other, and then I would pay attention to something else. And half an hour later, she'd be with someone else. And I'd be like, How did that happen? How did you get from that person to that person? I don't know.
0: As a sort of person who observes people, is this something you're interested in, going well, back and observing that, some more? Or
1: uh, I would love to observe. I mean, you know, when I negotiate things, like I can give someone a back massage, I can, and I, I the, the hetero orgy, there was a lot of sensuality, and not necessarily narrowly was their um, genital focus, and so people were really great, um, you know, there was some food play with somebody who became a kind of like a little plate, and there was a lot, oh, sure. of uh, you know, Uh, I think it was a delicious cheesecake or something and I had some cheesecake and it was delicious and I thanked her.
0: So those people who are listening in LA, Mm -hmm.
1: uh,
0: shoot you an email and invite you to their orgies. Yeah.
1: Right? Right. I like to observe and be positive and it's great to make friends because when everyone's naked and you're just like, hey, how's it going? Right. No.
0: And I also find if you go to an orgy just to observe it, it really kind of makes you a little more official if you walk around the clipboard. and <laughs> Like a stopwatch. <laughs> and you go, hmm, you're yeah. doing it in doggy style first. Hmm, interesting. It's very telling. It's very mm-hmm. telling. You mm-hmm. just said it's very telling.
1: Or I'll just third person narrate the whole thing. <laughs> and then she sticks her uh, hand on his peanut. I have a little tape recorder. <laughs>
0: Male clearly doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> you, do you mind? We're right here. <laughs> Seems agitated when uh, confronted with. Uh...
1: Yeah, we're a safari hat. You know, <laughs> yeah. just naked in a safari hat. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, yeah. It's hard because I, I come from a very anthropo- anthropological viewpoint. So I definitely am very much an observer. And I, I love it. I don't necessarily get off on it sexually. It gives me, you know, watching people have sex in groups is wonderful because you at least know how other people are doing it. Yeah. I mean, we're all doing it privately. It's like, how about we all get together and just observe each other? Exactly. It's like, oh, he, he does more of an up top downward thrust, whereas this other guy over there is doing like an like an under up thrust. Oh, I Fascinating. see. Fascinating. This guy
0: cries after he hits a <laughs> and The Another one curls into a fetal position. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but you're, uh, one thing I want to talk about before before you end is that uh, you're open, you're or you're out to your family, I should say, about yes. being a sex educator. Yes. Um, and also in in that same realm, I mean, you've got a website, a, you know, blog and mm-hmm. you know, Twitter. Sex I mean, nerd
1: Sandra, yeah. You
0: Soon you have the podcast. I mean, by the, by the time this one comes out, your podcast might be already out there. people yeah. might already know about you by the time this comes out. Yay! Um, I'm curious, how did how are you in a position so that you could be this way with your with your family without being completely, I don't know, shunned?
1: Well, interesting. Okay, well, there. Are, uh, first of all, I don't have. Kids, mm-hmm. so I don't. I'm not afraid somebody's gonna say I'm not a fit. I mean, I would be a wonderfully fit mother, sure. but but some people are afraid in terms of having minors around. Um, but so, and I don't like. I, I don't have a lot to lose in terms of like I don't have a house and you know, a gated community where people are like you can't be part of our club. Right. It's like well then screw you right. you boring ass people. Um, <laughs> ass people, <laughs> boring ass people. Um, but my parents are fairly. Open-minded, I would say, not not super open-minded, but but they're they're lovely people, and um, I mean they knew like I was in the vagina monologues and they were there and I had to like fake an orgasm in this monologue,
0: right?
1: And and so they and I've always just been a really hammy type person, and so they just know I'm kind of weird. Um, so when I told them like, "Oh, I'm working at a sex store now." And it's but you got to be your own PR person and you've got to do your own marketing. Right. So with your friends, you might not say, "I'm in a dom sub relation. You'd be like, "I like power exchange." You right. know, I just really like pa- and, and so I have my little spiel, you know, that I had with my my family like, you know, I like to uh, education. Yes. I like to educate. I like to share. I like to normalize. I like to reduce shame. Like these are the things. This is how I'm driven in life to mm-hmm. to help other people. So I really used that language to express to them what I want to do. And then my dad definitely was like, you should quit your job and start a bakery. You sh- I don't even bake. <laughs> you know? And he's really into worker-owned cooperatives, and I totally believe in that in terms of um, empowerment. But, um, no, yeah. He's like, you ever thought of going into insurance? <laughs> You're insurance sales really good person. at math. You know, right. accounting. Yeah. Um,
0: But that was kind of the extent of it, he just kind of...
1: Right, he just kept trying to get me to quit my job, Yeah. but in a a loving kind of way, because he was concerned, and then he was concerned about my safety on the job. I mean, of course, most of my friends, before they visit me uh, at the pleasure chest, think that I work in this skeezy, creepy place where there are lots of guys drinking off in the corner, which is completely not the case, because... There's a, an entire progressive movement of sex stores that are well lit and staffed by almost all women sometimes. Yeah, and your dad probably friendly.
0: thought like, you'd come home from work and go, oh, I had to clean the glory horse, glory horse three <laughs> times today.
1: Oh, I need oh. to get my hep B shot, because who knows? Damn. Oh. Right. Um, so, I can't... It's, I would say that uh, where we met at Momentum Con, we. I was struggling with, with safety for my family, but they can handle it and I've talked to my brother and sister because I have siblings like hey you can always unfriend me or not associate with me online in case you get any sort of negative attention because but really what I do I try and keep it real simple it's it's, and I don't try and be a doctor about it I'm sex nerd Sandra Mm -hmm. and I just want people to feel more empowered in their sexuality
0: and Um, I I think that's probably I mean that's a really healthy place to be mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I suppose it also says something about your parents and you know, they obviously put you in a situation where you were at least comfortable,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know. It's probably a lot more comfortable than a lot of people out there who, mm-hmm. you know, they might get disowned or something like that. Yeah. Um, but also, it seems like you're not you're not hiding it. That's the other thing.
1: Right. And I know, I mean, if you Google my name or Sex Nerd Sandra, you see a lot of blog posts I've written. Yeah. Um, and classes that I teach are always listed online. And it's kind of like I, I want people to make their decision is if they look me up like a cousin that I haven't seen in 20 years and they are like freaked out right. then they have their own choice to deal with that or not deal with it right. And but the people that, that really matter that are in my life I'll, I've, I've had conversations like I'll have the conversation like this right. is what I do is it okay if I mention you is it not okay that kind of thing. Like my partner. Yeah. You know, we've had that conversation many times. Like I identify as pansexual. Yeah. I mean, I'm very, I don't just, I'm attracted to everybody. Mm. You know, like I just, I have a very big heart. I just love a lot. And I just, I like people. Right. So I would say that I came out online for coming out day. And I was like, hey, I'm bi. I mean, you know, it's the term I used at the sure. time. And my mom, like saw that on Facebook. And so she came to me and was like, whoa. I, I mean, it's okay. I just like wow. I didn't know, right. or why didn't you ever tell me, or is that why you don't want kids? Because I'm not particularly interested in starting a family. Sure. I'm like, no, it's just I just uh, that's just who I am, and I don't like kids because I'm that makes me tired. That, right. The thought of that makes me exhausted. And
0: you, you know, you want more time to yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, sure.
1: Procreation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but again, acting like it's not a big deal, I think, is a really big thing. And it seems like you've done a good job it's, of doing that, not only in your classes and also, mm-hmm. you know, showing the positive side of things. I appreciate you coming all the way up here to. All the way up to East Harlem. (laughs) Way up here. And good luck with your podcast.
1: Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, the Sex Nerd Sandra podcast presented by Nerdist. You know, I... uh... It's been a lot of fun so far, so I can't wait for it to get up online.
0: Cool. So, yeah. Do you have like a different topic every time? Is that how you
1: do doing? Uh, for now, I'm playing with that. I think we've done uh, G-spotting, a foreplay, which just just was a, a first time free for all where I was so nervous I thought I was gonna die. Um, but it's a really fun podcast. Great guests and uh, a sex toy primer because I talk about sex toys so much that you gotta have a. Primer. And you have a
0: YouTube channel too.
1: I do. So I do videos, and I just I love media. And getting a sex-positive vibe
0: out there. Well, thank you for sharing some of your media with us today. (laughs) Thanks. Okay. Ta-da! Yay! Yay! Again, if you want to download Sex Nerd Sandra's podcast, which you do, you really do, go to iTunes and just type in Sex Nerd Sandra, and there it is. Thanks to those of you who have donated to the podcast over the past few months. Uh, It's very much appreciated. Uh, and actually, if you check out the MasterCast website, you'll see I've got a brand new template going. I'm still tweaking it. So uh, I'd appreciate any suggestions you have on how to improve the website, mastercast at gmail.com. I'm still kind of just tweaking. The other, the other website uh, looked fine, but it just wasn't functional. So, um, yeah, I hope I hope you like the update, mastercast.com. And I'd love to get your feedback on that. While you're there, you can click the donate button. You can also subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And you can also... Uh, Ask your own questions by filling out the little form spring box on the front page there on the on the menu. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Hope you have a good couple of weeks. Bye bye.